0: Hello and welcome to Indie Pod, an indie games podcast, your weekly source for all the indie games news you need to know. This week, we're bringing you two awesome indie games news stories. Before uh, we hop into our "God Bless the Crowd" segments, where we get to talk about awesome indie games on Kickstarter, we. Cram you full of all sorts of awesome indie games news in our news cram segments and so much more. But before we get into any of that, which is quite a lot, uh, <laughs> I'd like to introduce myself, Vaughn Hyde, alongside my illustrious co-host, the biggest of average Josh Boys. How you doing today, big Josh Boy? And I also said biggest, by the way. So biggest, like a vigorous. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that was like a comment on you being like a vigorous lover, you know? Mm. Really just add to the persona of the biggest of average Josh boys.
1: That's uh that's what I'm known for. Strong, healthy and full of energy. This is a quick Google search to know exactly uh the definition of vigorous. <laughs> I was like, "Let me make sure I'm not talking about the wrong thing, because I don't want to sound like an idiot."
0: (laughs) Just in case it's something completely different. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's a good. It was a good idea. Like, I okay. Do you do this? Because I do it all the time. Do you ever like? Write something down on Twitter or like right before you send a tweet, you you're like, I know my phone doesn't have spell check or anything and I'm pretty sure this word looks weird so you so like you just Google, Google it. search the word. <laughs> yeah, just, for sure. I do that shit right? all the time. <laughs> yeah, literally like I go on my phone and I go into the uh, I go into like my Google Chrome and my tabs that are open. 90% of them are porn, but the other one is like always me googling how to spell a word. Well, that's what Google's uh, real strength is.
1: Make sure mean, you, you don't look like an idiot.
0: Yeah, you also gotta love that. Like you'll write a word that you're like, "This is a word," but then like, uh, I use Grammarly, and Grammarly's like, "You didn't spell that right," and I'm like, "I, I promise you, I did. <laughs> that is how it's spelled." Like, I, uh, um, who was it? Somebody wrote in today. Oh, uh, Sipreed Repeat wrote in a question and said, favorite upcoming indie game? And like in different places in the world, they spell favorite different. Mm-hmm. So they'll put like an O and a U instead of just an O. And Grammarly's like, that's wrong. And I was like, that's, the, that's based on a matter of perspective. But okay, Grammarly, thanks <laughs> yeah. for overreaching. I imagine yeah. in the UK, you're like, ah, <laughs> good job. <laughs> a yeah. bit
1: aggressive, but I guess, uh, you know, someone's got to be right.
0: Speaking of aggressive, dude, I got to talk to you about something. Okay. Okay. How many times have you been out of your apartment since you've like been holed up uh, for the apocalypse with your (laughs) wife and dog?
1: So that depends because I've been out a good amount since the dog has to poop every so often. So Uh, we go for walks. So I am outside, but like when you're talking about outside of our apartment complex, it's basically like once every two weeks.
0: Oh, okay. I mean, that's that's not too bad. Yeah, just like whenever you go to the grocery store and stuff.
1: It's literally... So we... Well, we use like um, the Instacart and shipped like different services to ship us stuff. But my mother works at a grocery store and she is the only way that I can get toilet paper.
0: Dude, same. My mom <laughs> also works at a grocery store and she also gets me toilet paper. See? Oh, man. We're so alike. Yeah, dude, you got to have those homie hookups in the days of pandemics to get toilet paper. For sure, dude. It's crazy how tough it is to get stuff. Those aisles are just empty. okay um i'm actually kind of surprised like recently the store i've been going to has started to like restock stuff and it like very rarely i'll see a bare shelf and i'm like this is reassuring this makes me feel so much better but of course every time you go past the like toilet paper and just like paper products aisle everything's gone including (laughs) paper plates and you're just like i know i know paper plates are used for something else but like are you wiping your butt with a paper plate? Like, <laughs> Some say, you know, times are tough. You gotta,
1: you gotta make do. Um, I don't know, man. It's, it's weird though.
0: I just, it's such a different world we live in right now. I know it's so crazy so how many like how many apartment complexes and like septic tanks and stuff do you think are gonna have to be renovated after like this whole quarantine because of like technically things that say flushable wipes but they're not and like people (laughs) bought all these like wipes and shit because they can't buy toilet paper
1: maybe I don't know that's a good point yeah I mean there's a lot of things that are gonna like when this is I mean Technically, when this is over, I don't think anything's going to immediately go back to normal or that there will be a back to normal completely. But like there's a lot of things that I can see uh, when this is over us coming back and being like, what the fuck? Like, I'm sure there's so many people and this is going to go into a dark place, but like so many people that are just losing their minds. And there's probably like a rise in, you know, like domestic abuse and like shit like that.
0: Oh, there is. Yeah, that's actually a thing. What? I I I remember hearing reports of like I I'm not a hundred percent sure about this figure, but it was like thirty to forty percent. Like it was a rise by thirty to forty percent of claims of domestic abuse during Jesus. all of this because people are in quarantine with their abusers.
1: Yeah, that's ugh, that's awful. I mean, that's one of those things where you're like, this is gonna, at the, this will really determine whether you want to be with your partner or not. <laughs> like being truly trapped with them because. There's this whole notion of being with someone or being with your family. And, like, you have so much stuff to do in the, like, from America's standpoint. Like, if you work, you're constantly out and never, like, really around. And the state of our work system is you generally are working, like, all the time. And you're always checking on things. So to be then confined in that space and be like, oh, I don't get to really disconnect from these people around me i wonder if there's gonna be a lot of people who come out of this and they're like you know what i don't really like you
0: you think there's gonna be like a couple businesses that boom and it's gonna be like divorce lawyers yeah like (laughs) (laughs) like plumbers um that kind of stuff just like weird shit you're like Uh, man i guess i wouldn't have thought about that
1: i don't know maybe
0: that checks out but the real reason i asked this question is Do you practice social distancing? The whole like alligator on the ground thing. You know what I mean? Like six feet apart. Are you Uh good at that?
1: For the most part, but it's hard when someone's walking down the sidewalk. Cause like there's not a good way for you to go around each other in a six feet like distance way if they've gotta walk the opposite way that you're walking.
0: Dude, I make it so obvious. Like sometimes some people like Morgan and I live next to like a gas station and we'll just like take little walks like over and get a drink or something like that. But uh this like gas station has certain rules. It's like only ten people can be in there and we have to stay six feet apart. And people will be walking toward me and okay, here's the crux of my issue today because I always (laughs) have at least one issue. Of course. People do not seem to give a shit about the social distancing and six feet apart thing. And it's (laughs) really starting to piss me off because like, okay, so when we go into the gas station, people will walk directly at me and I'll be like, okay, like I got to figure this out. So I'll like make it super egregious and walk (laughs) around them. Like there's a six foot bubble and shit like that. Or like, I swear to God, I morgan and i my my fiance and i we went to get our groceries like over the weekend mm-hmm. and um the place we get our groceries from is called winco it's like this big thing in like certain states i guess i don't think it's anywhere near the east coast no i've never uh, heard of it. yeah exactly it's it's only in certain states but um so we're at winco and we're like getting our groceries and stuff we we grab all of it and we go up to like the checkout And Winko does this, like, it does this thing where you put everything on the belt and then they ring it up and you have to bag it yourself. So it's, like, kind of a whole ordeal, but it's much cheaper than most places around. So we just Hmm. go there. Um, And so they had, like, signs up that were like, hey, we have, like, lines on the ground to let you know where six feet is so you know where to, like, stand. And we also ask you to not start loading your stuff on the conveyor belt until... Uh, The next person is done with their transaction. And I was Mm. like, that totally checks out because they have to like (laughs) – Get it? Yeah. Well, people – I did – yeah, I accidentally did a pun. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, it makes sense. I guess that also kind of might be a pun if you pay and change. Uh, So this guy like puts his stuff up on the conveyor belt. He goes to, he goes to like bag it. He comes back to pay and everything goes back. And once all his stuff is done, the guy like switches over this little kind of divider and it opens up to another piece. So I put, I start to put our stuff on there. We had waited for that guy to pay and everything. He's down there bagging his stuff. And I like uh, after we get done putting all our stuff on the conveyor belt, I go to walk and the cashier's like, hey, just wait one sec. Wait for him to be done. And I was like, oh, I honestly didn't even notice he was still there. I thought he was done. So I was like, that's Mm -hmm. totally cool. I'll wait right here. That's fine. Um, And then I notice that a lady had walked up behind my fiance and I and got within like a foot of my fiance and was just like standing there. And I was like. (laughs) ah uh, there's like lines back. on the ground <laughs> yeah and like stuff like that and it makes me so uncomfortable because i'm non-confrontational i do not enjoy it It actually yeah. makes like my blood boil and my heart palpitate it's very uncomfortable to yeah. confront somebody even about something small so this lady's <laughs> like doing this or whatever so i like i pull my fiance like through this small section of like cart between the cart and and this like conveyor belt because I was like, don't go near her. Like, I don't know. She might cough on you or something. And then uh, so this lady just is not like she's not doing the whole social distancing thing. She doesn't give a fuck. Like she didn't even let us finish our transaction. She was ready to go. She put her shit on the conveyor belt and everything. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm going to punch the next person in the throat that tries to get within six feet of me because it's really starting to bother me. My arms aren't even – I guess I'm going to break the six feet thing because my arms aren't six feet long. That's true. But, hey, you know what? I need to have, like, a T-shirt that says, like, if I'm close enough to punch you in the throat, you're within six feet of me. Like, you're not six feet away. And that'll be my thing. Like, I'll be like, I basically warned you that I was going to punch you in the throat if you got within six feet of me. <laughs> And you absolutely did. Like, I've got, like, maybe, I don't know, like, let's say a three-foot arm, maybe. My wingspan is not that large. If you're in punchable distance, I'm not Mr. Fantastic, dude. You're way too close to me, okay? Damn. Fucking chill. Sounds like
1: this is a really, really soft spot for you now.
0: Yeah, it's starting to piss me off. Like, and I've been karate chopped in the throat before, so I do not take that threat lightly. And... (laughs) I will absolutely start punching people in the throat because it's really starting to piss me off. I'm like, there are signs literally everywhere that's like, hey, please stay six feet apart. There was a sign literally at the beginning of this cash register-like exchange. Apparently, this lady didn't read it. And she was also kind of appalled when the guy told her that she couldn't start bagging her stuff when we were bagging our stuff. And I was like, lady, chill. I get <laughs> You want to go home. But fucking chill. All yeah. right?
1: everybody's yeah. in a rush man you gotta get gotta get with it
0: yeah it's it's really uncomfortable like i i'm not not having fun nobody's having fun it's all blows uh, but speaking of having speaking fun, of though. having fun yeah big josh boy what games have you been playing seems like you've been playing some interesting stuff this week yeah,
1: so um, we'll start it off with the non-Indie game. Uh, as I'm sure everyone knows, Final Fantasy VII is out. A lot of people are playing it. Uh, it's been out
0: for like over twenty years, Josh. <laughs> <it's>,
1: <laughs> good one. Final Fantasy VII, <laughs> the remake, has been out. Oh, uh, okay. As of uh, a few few days. What has it been a week? I don't know. What is I time I don't know. They, they shipped out
0: copies, like, early to people and stuff like that because of the constraints with, like, uh, retail stores and stuff like that. So, yeah. some I people thought that have was had it cool. for, like, a week and a half. Yeah.
1: Well, I just got it digitally when it came out, but... Ah, okay. um, Which, also, I... I <laughs> stupid ps4s i never play on it i don't have like any storage on it and i originally bought it and realized that it wouldn't download and i was like you gotta be kidding me and i had to like delete a bunch of stuff off of my ps4 because i was just like i don't know what's on here i gotta get everything off so i could actually play this game yeah Um, my
0: playstation 4 being my main console for the longest time like and it's not that hard to exchange a hard drive in it but i waited for like three or four years until they eventually put out the system update that allowed you to use external hard drives. Like, Oh, <laughs> well, I, I had it for that long, but I was super right. annoyed. Cause every time I want to play a game, I'd have to delete like five games. Yeah. I had but to delete now, a bunch, especially for yeah. final
1: fantasy seven remake. Cause this thing is huge.
0: Yeah. Isn't it like over a hundred gigs?
1: It's uh, well, I think it was only like, I think it was 90 ish, but is I mean, it's, it's still a pretty big game. Um, the, the actual game itself, so I've never played Final Fantasy VII, so I went into this blind. Um, I also really haven't played a Final Fantasy other than Ten, which I was, uh, you know, lukewarm on. It was good, but it wasn't anything, like, crazy to me. Um, I just never really got into the Final Fantasy series, um, but I love... Role-playing games, like RPGs, turn-based combat—it's um, really my thing. But for some reason, Final Fantasy never really like spoke to me, uh, especially when I was a kid. So I never kept going with it. Um, but I have heard so much hype about how you know Final Fantasy VII is one of the the better of all of the series. How um, you know it's just a really great story to the to the game itself. I saw the combat to it, and even though it's not. Fully turn based. It has like uh, very similar to like a, a mold of Dot Hack's combat where you're able to pick skills while you're fighting, but it's more of you actually have to dodge and attack things as opposed to how Dot Hack was very stand still and it'll kind of do auto attacks while you use your skills
0: so um, are you playing with the more like the new action s combat or are you playing like the yes. classic mode that's like faux turn-based no so the problem with the classic
1: mode i was going to pick classic mode but when i looked at the actual description of it uh you can only play classic mode on the easiest difficulty so oh, i was like oh weird. yeah i mean the way it works is because uh with easy mode it's I think it's just easier in general, but with classic mode, the way they do it is it's exactly the same as the game playing out uh, in real time. But the way they make it more turn-based is your character is attacking and defending in real time, and you just get to pick the skills and things that it does. Um, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I I wasn't as crazy about that because I was like, well, I don't want to go on easy. I'd rather just play normal because I don't want it to just be a total cakewalk. I want to you know at least have a couple of bosses where I'm like, okay, this is a challenge kind of a thing. So I stuck with normal. I've been playing the the actual you know real time combat of it, but I really like it. I think it um I think it does have some parts where the difficulty spikes um in a in a weird way like you're playing through and you're killing everything and nothing is really a big deal. And then all of a sudden bosses just become these like really tough things to deal with. Um, but It's been a lot of fun. I've really gotten into the story. I think another thing that's kept me into it is I have a buddy of mine who has played Final Fantasy VII, really likes it, and got the remake. And so we've been going back and forth, you know, kind of playing in tandem, uh, just talking about each one of the chapters every so often and and going over, like, where we're at and things like that. So it's been a lot of fun just going going through. Um, I think uh the the random like little mini games i'm not i've never been crazy about in rpgs I, I like jrpgs always have this thing where they they put all these these weird little games or little other mechanics into the game and some of them are good but then like others are such horrible flops um like the there's this one where you have to like basically keep pressing uh like I forget what it was. It was like putting pressure into a water tank or something like that. And you had to just keep pressing uh, X repeatedly and then press down at the right time to go with this one gauge. And I was like sitting there and it took me forever to really understand it. Uh, Maybe I'm just an idiot, but like (laughs) until I figured it out, I was just like, this is so dumb. What am I doing? Um, Every JRPG, for some reason, has to have a dance like part in it where you press the buttons in an order, like, you know, the, the like... DDR version of Play- PlayStation controller. So like they always have that. I don't like when they do it because especially with this one, cause it was very weird. It was like really hard to see what was happening and everything was floating everywhere. And I was like, I don't like this at all, but like every single game for some reason always has some kind of dance sequence and some weird like get up in it. I don't know why. I think it's just something I've always noticed about these, these types of games. But anyway, um, I won't ramble on too much about this. Honestly, I think it's a lot of fun. If you like uh, Final Fantasy games, I think you're going to enjoy it. If you have never played really Final Fantasy games like me, I think this is a good one to get into because I do like the story. I think it's pretty fun, Um, but it's not an indie game. So let's move on unless you have any questions.
0: I did want to ask one last question. So I listen to like uh, Colin Moriarty's podcast a lot, and he talks about like Final Fantasy VII and how he believes that you should play like uh, Final Fantasy VII, the original. Before you play the remake, just to see the comparison. Do you think you'd like recommend people do that, or do you think that they should just go into the remake <sighs> that's instead? A
1: good, yeah, that's a good question. I I mean, I can't say for sure. It was uh, kind of something where, if I had more time, I wanted to try Final Fantasy VII and actually play through it. Um, if I really enjoy this, uh, which I already am, but if I really enjoy this and I you know I think that it's something that would be worth my time which you know it, it depends cuz time is kind of precious right now um but uh i might do it in the opposite order to compare and just do the backwards version because i didn't have time to play all of final fantasy final fantasy 7 and you know there is the the like i could have just been um waiting so that i got a better deal and waited for it to go on sale but like I wanted to be part of the conversation, part of the hype, part of actually playing it while a lot of people are talking about it, which, you know, some people don't always have the luxury of doing. Um, so, it is probably good, and I've heard that you know Final Fantasy VII is uh, really great from the series perspective as a whole, even like for past games. I'd like to see it because there are some things that I've heard that might have been uh, toned down a little bit. Like there's specifically a cross-dressing scene in Final Fantasy VII. And I've heard a lot of stories about this being like changed up a lot because of, or, you know, uh, not really that it has, but that a lot of people thought it would be changed up because of how it's not as, uh, you know, like appropriate in today's. Yeah. Like in today's, uh, age. So I, I'd, I'd want to see like, if anything, just for that scene to see kind of where that's changed. Um, But I don't have enough, uh, you know, knowledge of of the game to say one way or the other. I do think it'll be interesting if I go back, but I think it is going to be harder for me to go back just because of how shitty the graphics will look.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're much more like blocky and like weird muscle form-esque like, yeah. character designs. Every time I
1: look at that, yeah, I hate it. I really hate the the look of it. But th- that being said, though, it will kind of be nice because it'll give me that, you know, turn-based combat approach that I was looking for with this game originally. So that might be enough to be like, oh, well, I kind of want to see the difference between how Materia was used, the main like power system in that uh, game, in a turn-based combat as opposed to this real-time stuff
0: okay and i have one last question and then we can move on to actual indie games so have you uh (laughs) do you like subscribe to the ideal of like there are no spoilers for this game since it's a 20 year old game or have you like been spoiled or do you think it's like do you you think it's like oh this is a new generation coming in and playing an age-old game sure but it's very possible that they haven't been spoiled so please don't post spoilers like where do you subscribe Uh, I think don't,
1: don't post, don't post, don't post because like, like for me, I've stayed away from it because specifically I want to go into this, you know, with a blind, uh, you know, eye to it. I don't know if that's the right expression, but with, with just a clear mind of, I don't know anything. I'm going into it all new. I'm going to find out the story, you know, my way of how they've set it up for me and I don't really like I get that it's it's old and there's stuff out there but like that being said there's a way to do spoilers by you know tagging it to the sense of saying like hey there, like we are talking about actual spoilers actual game content and how like the story turns in this versus talking about the game from a very generic standpoint of what I did um, because There's people like me who have never played this game, and that's why, like, for, like, a good example of this is the buddy that I'm playing this game with. He's playing it. He's already played Final Fantasy VII, and so I was talking to him about stuff, and at first I wouldn't tell him because I'm a little bit ahead of him, and I wouldn't tell him, and he was like, oh, no, 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 you know, it doesn't matter to me. There's no spoilers for me. I've already heard it, but for the other way around, he'll never, like, say where he's at. He'll always ask me where I'm at just because there's a difference in the storyline. This is my first time actually hearing this versus him getting, you know, that, that nostalgia of seeing it again.
0: Yeah. I, I pretty much fall into the same camp. Like just because a game is old, doesn't mean you can't spoil it for somebody like there are games like, uh, last week we talked about how neither of us have really played like Chrono Trigger and I've heard it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And if they ever remake Chrono Trigger, I would really like to play it without anybody telling me what happens or, like, spoiling anything for me for the right. most part. So, yeah, I, I also kind of subscribe to no spoilers. But uh, I am somebody who does, like, enjoy spoilers at times. Like, there are certain things, like uh, like TV shows and movies and stuff like that. Uh, at times, I will like spoilers because I like to see the, like, small details that lead into it. But mm-hmm. then that's also something I can do by just, like, rewatching something. So, uh, but... Yeah. Let's talk about Mistover. How, what is this game? It's got a very cool like, anime aesthetic that I'm in for. Yeah. It looks cool. <laughs> yeah, so
1: Mistover, uh, this game was created by, I believe it's Crafton is the way to, to pronounce it, both developed and published. Um, so Mistover, is a, it's deemed as a stylish roguelike RPG. Um, this is very uh, anime style of Darkest Dungeon. So it is a game that is meant to be difficult. Uh, It's meant to be annoying at times. You're constantly thinking about the resources that you have and how to use them uh, in a better way. Um, Very similar to Darkest Dungeon, you decide to take certain elements, so your rations with you per each dungeon or each scenario. And the way it works is you're all these anime chibi little characters. They're all super cute. Um, And they're being sent by the mayor of this town because there's some evil force called the mist that's sprung up. And what's happening is that mist is causing these demons, these uh, evil beings and creatures to come out and uh, just wreak havoc in this area. And so, you're basically going on these missions out into the, the, the area where the mist is most heavily affecting, and you're doing, performing little tasks or quests, and it might be something like getting these specific resources that are out on the map, or defeating a certain number of enemies, or just exploring uh, a certain area to a, a percentage, like, you've covered uh, 80% of the map before you come back, and, you know, come back for, like, a reconnaissance sort of mission. Um, the way the, the, the actual combat or that world exploration works is when you go into a map, it's a grid-based uh, field where you're walking either left, right, up, down, and then uh, diagonally as well. But there's different things such as traps. There's uh, chests all around. There's different keys to find. There's enemies that will walk around on the map and actually look for you and hunt you down. Um, There's a lot going on and then whenever you find those enemies, it turns into a turn-based combat that is... Very similar to Darkest Dungeon, but a little different because in Darkest Dungeon you would have all of your characters lined in a row and it would be a flat 2D view, whereas this is more of an isometric view of you looking down kind of to an angle at these characters and you have a a grid-based field where you have nine spaces on your side and nine spaces on the enemy side. And so you have a number of characters, these party members that you can bring all with their different classes, very sim- you know, similar to most games of this genre, uh, where you have people who are like a healer, a tank, a, a magic dealer, an assassin. Um, there's one that's a werewolf. Like there's a bunch of different types of people. And so depending on where those individual characters are on the map, so if they're on like the left-hand side of your field or the right-hand side of the field, they might have different attacks that they can use. As you start to level them up, you also start to get uh, those characters having abilities where if they're uh, next to a character class, they'll have a different attack. Or if they're behind a certain character class, they'll have a specific attack. So there's a lot of variability that goes into this. There's a lot of strategic parts to it. And um, just like in Darkest Dungeon, and I know I'm comparing it a lot, which is probably not doing a favor to it, but it's the easiest way to really consider or think about this, is very similar to the uh, placement of your characters. There are attacks that will, from yourself... Uh, make that character move maybe up one or back one space and there are also enemy attacks that will move you in different directions so depending on where you're at might screw up you know your your entire game plan because if an enemy pushes you back you might not be able to do the attack that you were planning on doing the next turn Um, there is a lot of negativity on this game if you look at reviews Um, from what i've been able to see a lot of those negative marks have been addressed or at least a good amount of them have been when it first rolled out. Uh, a lot of people had a lot of critique with this game. I haven't played too much so I can't put too much of an emphasis on should you play it should you not play it. I've only played like an hour or two. Um, I think it's pretty fun but I have heard that it can be a bit grindy later on so maybe you know that might change as I keep playing. I'll probably do you know maybe next week or the following week going into a little bit more on, you know, how my perception of this game has changed, because there are things that people have said, like, uh, certain bosses have really cheap attacks where they'll just kill an enemy or kill a character of yours for nothing and you can't do anything, like, stuff like that, so I'll have to see, Um, but so far, I'm liking it. I do think it's a lot all at once, because there's so many things that they throw your way all at the start. Um, but it's interesting. I'm a big fan of this style of game of the very, you know, uh, dark and menacing kind of world. Uh, and one of the things that I I didn't mention that I probably should have is as you're playing through all of this, if you don't finish enough things on each map and you screw up uh, there's a clock that at the end of each level will tick down. And if the clock ticks down to midnight, I think it is basically, uh, that's when doomsday happens and it's what the whole story is around of being like, when that comes to a, you know, the clock strikes midnight, the world is going to end. I don't know what that looks like yet. Cause I haven't got to that, but it's like, there's this impending doom of, you always have to complete everything. Otherwise, you don't know what will happen. Like, I, I don't know if it's a giant monster at the end that you have to fight that might kill you if you're not prepared by that time. Or like, I don't know if that's just the end of the game because you didn't do enough missions well, but it's, this game is a constant fear of like, okay, I have to get everything right because if I don't, then that'll happen. And then while you're there, it's a constant uh impending doom of, I have to have enough, food to move every step i have enough uh have to have enough luminosity which is light around you to see things so i have to constantly keep uh using different resources i have to watch out for traps as i'm walking through this area i have to watch out for monsters that are going to attack me it's like it's a lot all at once but i mean so far i've enjoyed it um but we'll see as i play more
0: uh what are you playing it on did you get a code from the developers or did you like pay for it xbox game oh pass, i like... forgot
1: yeah i forgot to mention this is actually uh so this came out for xbox game pass uh on pc which i was super happy uh, about because i originally wanted to play this game um and it has been on you know my my wish list for a while and i'm glad i didn't do anything with it because now i get to just try it out for free
0: yeah, considering it like right now, technically it's on sale on Steam until April 29th for like twenty three ninety nine instead of twenty nine ninety nine. But mm-hmm. the like ten bucks that you pay for Xbox Game Pass PC or whatever, definitely Five Bucks. Five, oh, bucks, a five month. bucks. There you go. At it's least I think unless money.
1: that's changed. I don't know. I gave Xbox my credit card and then I just kinda of stopped watching, so that's probably on me if there's charging me ten and I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't really know. Like, I went to go set it up the other day, um, and they had like a promotional offer where it was like like, a dollar, and they're like, "It's going to charge you like ten bucks later." I'm fairly certain. I was like, "Okay," and then like it didn't actually. I couldn't set it up. It kept saying there was an error, and I was like, "Okay." Oh, that sucks. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know.
1: (laughs) But I I had the same impression too because I remember looking at it and it being like because when I signed up it it was doing one of those like it's a dollar and I was like okay I'll do it because that was when uh, what came out. That was when the, um, fuck, I can't remember the game. Crackdown, uh, Gears of War 5. No, 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 no.
0: It's, it's the one, something else.
1: The one that I, I was so excited for last year, but it wasn't as good. It was the Fallout New Vegas people. Why can't I think of their name?
0: Oh, The Outer
1: Worlds. The Outer Worlds. Yes. Uh, so The Outer Worlds, uh, I ended it's up Obsidian, just paying. Obsidian, by the way. Obsidian, thank you. I don't know why. I suck at names, dude. Yeah, Obsidian um, Entertainment. So I paid a dollar so I could just play that game, which, I mean, I don't think I've even hit up to $60 with how many months I've had Xbox Game Pass, so it definitely worked out because I played a bunch of games already. But like, still, I remember it being something like $1, and then it'll be $5, and then it'll be $10 or something like that, but I still only see a $5 charge, so I, I don't know when that $10 thing happens or if it happens.
0: I don't really know. Okay. Whatever. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, I so I went to go set up my Xbox Game Pass stuff because I was, like, looking through some of my old codes. Like, a couple weeks ago, I gave out a code for, like, Cuphead on Twitter because it was, like, honestly, I bought this game for the case because I wanted a case for Cuphead, like, a while ago. Um, Damn. And, like, I had a code sent to me, so I just, like, gave it out. And I also remembered that uh, recently I bought a processor off of Newegg because uh, it was, like half off at the time it was like on sale and i'm building a pc and that came with like one month free like uh xbox game pass on pc so it's like oh cool i'll get that and then i go to like uh check the uh i i went to go check for the code and it was like yeah all you have to do is download this weird amd like launcher thing and then (laughs) it's gonna check to see if you have this processor installed, and if you don't, you can go fuck yourself. Basically, and I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> so I don't just get to use this code. I have to wait till I build my PC to Damn. then put in this processor <laughs> to use this code, which the code then expired today. So I'm like, "Eh, doesn't really well, matter." I mean, I it's only this, a like, dollar, so yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not annoyed about it in any way. Like I was just like, "Oh, that kind of sucks," but whatever. Like yeah. I wasn't buying it for that. It just happened to come with it, um, sure. and. I got that freaking processor like half off at the time. Like now it's like $300. So pretty happy about it. But, uh, (laughs) there you go. Yeah. I definitely, uh, with this whole like stimulus check or stimulus package to stimulate the economy thing, I'm thinking I'm probably going to finish my PC, but, uh, that's cool. Yeah, I don't really know. I'm pretty much just like waiting for certain parts to like come back Mm. into stock because a lot Mm. of them are weird. Like I had purchased that uh, graphics card through B&H and then it turns out that uh, so it like went on back order and they're like, we don't know when we're going to ship it to you, which I'm like, makes sense because of the coronavirus. And it turns out that they hadn't charged me yet. So they're like, you can just cancel your order. So it's like, ha. Yeah, I'll do that. Um, <laughs> That's good. I'm just kidding. Because I've seen it on Amazon like twice, like randomly uh-huh. popping up. And uh, at one time, like going on sale. So I was like, ah, maybe I should just like wait for a little bit. So yeah,
1: Amazon's warranty policy is also pretty good too. It's usually better than somewhere like Newegg or anything. Um, also, I did just check and uh, that Microsoft one month thing, it was $5 last month. So it's still still going by $5.
0: Nice. Uh, so a game that I have been playing is called galaxy. Um, it's by 17 bit. Um, it's just, that's the name of the studio, I guess is 17 bit. It's a lot of fun. So it is this like, uh, arcadey, this arcadey esque game. Um, Well, no, it is like kind of like an arcade game where you play a pilot um, and you're trying to like technically there is definitely meant to be a story. But for some reason, when I booted it up, there was like no intro sequence or anything. It was just like, hey, you want to play? Here's the modes. There's arcade. There's like roguelike. And then there's like a permadeath mode. And I was like. That's cool, and it's, like, Mm -hmm. in an act structure. So it's, like, uh, this is the first act, this is the second act, this is the third act, and the fourth act. And then there's, like, four or five levels in between that are, like, chapters. Uh, So it's kind of – it's meant to be – kind of like sectioned into like a movie like and mm. that's actually kind of cool because the start screen and your like pause screen is actually like a movie similar to like hotline miami which is uh-huh. pretty cool uh-huh. um but it's much less egregious it doesn't like flash as much um <laughs> i like but it.
1: it reminds me a lot of like a gradius but more cartoony
0: kind of yeah it's got this like this Uh, kind of, I want to say like a cell shaded esque aesthetic. Like it's, it's very cool and it's got very thick lines. Um, Mm -hmm. and you play this like ship, uh, this pilot who I guess you're trying to flee some sort of empire, but I have yet to learn about this (laughs) empire. I just hear about it all the time where like every time one of these empire enemies shows up, the pilot's like, Oh, the empire, fuck you. And I'm just like, "I, (laughs) I don't get why you hate them. But okay, um, that's cool. And then there are these bugs that try to kill me, and he's like, I hate bugs, and I was like, I also don't know where these bugs are coming from. This is fucking space, but okay, space like, bugs, yeah, space bugs, that's cool. Um, it's pretty fun. It's uh, so you have like a certain level that you have to go into you just have to basically get to an objective and then get to a get back to your like waypoint while Mm -hmm. killing certain enemies along the way you get a a score at the end that's like your typical a b like s c d f whatever kind of a score um i'm getting b's so i'm doing well enough yeah not getting s's like big josh boy here
1: (laughs) one day baby one day
0: one day I might be as good as game uh, good at games as you are. Also good at talking. Yeah, no, that'll never happen. But the games might. Like the games is something I can train myself. The talking is just like it's it's something wrong with me as a human being. <laughs> I was not born with the vocal cords to speak adequately. So, you know, whatever. You. Um But, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And it actually kind of makes me feel like a real pilot. Like, I I fly around, and the combat at the moment is very minimal. uh, But I know that eventually I will gain the ability to turn into a big robot, which I'm very excited about. I saw
1: that in the trailer, and I was like, (laughs) that looks pretty dope.
0: Yeah, and it's like, uh, so your combat so what i've seen of it i have yet to get to the part where i get this robot ability um but the combat at the moment is uh you're just like a standard ship it's very floaty because you're in outer space you have to like constantly adjust your thrusters and you can get these uh it's kind of like a side propulsion unit that allows you to strafe so you can then keep a lock on a target and just kind of strafe around it in a circle Mm -hmm. um which is nice because there are certain ships that I just cannot fight and I have to kind of like cheese them by being faster than them. So I like fucking play ring around the Rosie with them. So they'll <laughs> go around like a boulder and I just try to get as fast behind them as possible and shoot them a couple times and then go the opposite way. Cause I hadn't gotten this strafe module yet. Uh, but now that I have it, I basically just like do the same thing, but I don't have to have a boulder Um, and I just strafe to try to keep them from hitting me while trying to hit them with my like, uh, blasters and like basically my cannons. And then you have, uh, rockets that are like lock on. And if you hold it for long enough, you'll use more rockets, which is really cool. But, uh, the gameplay I've seen of the robot is actually much different because you move into the robot, which then they're slower, but they can actually like hold on to enemies and use them as a shield, I guess. Hmm. And they have a sword, which is pretty pretty cool. Um I've had this game for a long time. I bought it uh like I think 2 like 2 years ago. I bought it through a company called Indie Box um mm-hmm. who did like collectors editions and like physical copies of indie games uh, through PC. I was I found out about them because they did, like, a really cool, like, Hollow Knight physical edition that I ended up buying and getting a cool grub plush for. Um, And they do these things that's, like, a deal of the day where they have one of their random pieces of, like... Hey, this game is on sale right now. This collector's edition for today is on sale, and I remember seeing Galaxy, and that it came with a cool statue of the like of the ship, and then the robot version of the ship, and I thought it was so fucking cool, so I bought it. And I hadn't really like I I think I hopped in and played it very like. A tiny bit a long time ago but not too much um and so i pretty much like hopped into it and actually gave it a real chance recently like two years later um (laughs) and it's a lot of fun i'm i'm really enjoying it i've died a couple times but uh i just need to like i think i need to switch up my combat style a little bit some things that are really annoying is that at the end of levels you have to use like you have to buy your health back mm-hmm. um, and you have to buy more rockets, which means that like, I, I guess it is like kind of a punish. Like it's, it's like a carrot and the stick where like, if you do poorly in an area, then you like you warp out and you then have to purchase back uh, your health and your rockets. So it's like, Oh, it's like an incentive system to make you pay or, er- an incentive system to ma- make you play better or to like teach you to play better in a right. way. Um, but it's really fucking annoying. I, I'm not a fan of the fact that I have to repurchase my health at the end of every level. Cause then it's like you build up currency throughout a level that you then can spend at the end. But at the end I can't buy upgrades because I have to fucking get my health back and shit. And even then <laughs> you don't get all your health back. You only get like one module. So like, like, I'm on a level right now where I need more health, but I can't get it because I can't buy it. Um, and so I have like two, two or three health modules, I think. And I'm like, uh, this is cutting it close. Cause I only have five plus shield, which regenerates where your health does not. It's, That is probably the only thing right now that I find slightly annoying about it. Otherwise, I think it's really fun. Um, I love its art style. I really love the ship combat. I think it's a lot of fun. I have yet to actually get, like, the robot uh, upgrade, so I don't know how that is. Um, (laughs) Oh, I said uh, on here... so outgunning like other pilots isn't too hard you just like have to be a little bit faster than them like at least the standard pilots uh aren't that hard at all there are other versions and like other ships that are slightly more annoying those are the ones that i have to play ring around the rosie with but they're not too bad once you get the strafe module uh but then the bug enemies are actually much harder because they take a lot more damage and they just constantly pursue you they like won't run away or anything like that so i end up pretty much like having to think about it more strategically and i have to outwit them instead of outgunning them so i typically have to like lead them into environmental hazards and stuff like that um Mm -hmm. and i think that's a lot of fun even though the bugs are a huge pain in my ass uh (laughs) and they freak me out um I don't like the enemy, like, constantly I get the same enemy dialogue, which is super annoying, so, like, I'll constantly hear just, like, some random dude that has a lizard-esque voice be like, my shields are blown, and I'm like, (laughs) I don't give a fuck, dude, I don't know why we're on the same, like, radio wavelength, I think that's probably, like, a security issue, but whatever, that's cool, and I constantly have to hear that, or, like, my character be like, oh, you imperial like piece of shit kind of a thing and i'm like i don't know why the empire is bad so that's cool whatever (laughs) um uh oh i wrote in here it seems like there's meant to be story because i don't know what it is literally no idea um and uh so i've only seen like one or two cutscenes so far and the one i got to is very like slow it seemed to have like it was, it was kind of like hitching and it was very dark versus the color palette and everything else. Like it just seemed like they took the saturation and just like lowered it kind of, they made all the colors just a little bit darker and it was very weird. Um, Yeah, that's that's one of the that in like the having to purchase back my health are probably the only issues I've had and kind of like the lack of story or at least upfront story. Um, I would very much like to know the story of this world and the plight of my like my character, but I have no idea. And it also doesn't help that like the mission I'm on right now, I'm supposed to somewhat care about saving this pilot because it's like, oh. Uh, this one pilot got away during our like escape from this ambush, and I'm like, that's cool. Uh, I don't know who that is, so like I get that I'm supposed to have empathy for him and that he's supposed to be my character's friend, but you haven't exactly reinforced that in any way, so... Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do about this. But then yeah, some shit happens. So, it's a it's a fun game. I I'm definitely going to play more because uh, I like the combat a lot, but if it doesn't start to like give me a little bit more story, I'm definitely going to fall out or at least like I need more story or I need that robot upgrade. There's one of two things that needs to happen soon. Got to get the robot. It looks too cool. It does. It looks really cool. It's like a robot samurai. I'm like, mm-hmm. "Ah, this is fucking cool." And I think uh I think so. Let me. Seventeen bit. They've done some other games. Hmm. You need old music.
1: Do, do, um. Do, do, oh, do, Skulls do, of the Shogun do, do, do.
0: is one of the games that they did, and I think it's actually pretty cool because they have that like a uh, skull aesthetic. They have a sticker mm-hmm. of it on your like on your jet, your like uh, your ship. And I think that's kind of cool, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it has a very similar art style to, uh, Skulls of the Shogun. And I very, very much like it. It's a lot of, hmm. it's a lot of fun. I enjoy that aesthetic a lot.
1: That was um, a much higher review. Does it? Does Galaxy have like low reviews? It's, uh, like a seven out of 10 on Steam. Whereas, uh, Skulls has a nine out of 10. Skulls is very positive, and Galaxy was... Not that it really matters, but... Where was it? It was mostly positive. It's like 77% of the 218 reviews are positive.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, well, hey, we know that 17-bit games make make some good games. They also... I remember the Collector's Edition coming with, like, a cassette tape with the game soundtrack, which is pretty cool. So, I definitely like it. Indie Box kind of, like didn't go out of business but they stopped doing what they were doing which was like it was actually a monthly like crate that you could get where Uh every month you'd get a different collector's edition in the mail um but i'm assuming like they had issues with subscriber count or something like that so now they pretty much just seemingly sell their old like collector's editions and stuff like that uh to kind of get them out of the way i'm assuming But uh, yeah, I would definitely check them out. They're not doing any like sales or anything right now because of the coronavirus. But after that, they still have some stock that I see and their daily deals are pretty sweet. They're generally make them like very cheap, especially if you love indie games. It's a it's a good site to go to. Um, But speaking of loving indie games, let's let's hop into our first news story over on IGN. It is written by Matt Kim and it is the Steam Game Festival returns this June. Uh, The Steam Game Festival is returning this summer, offering games, uh, offering gamers a digital event where you can play limited time demos for upcoming releases. The event will run from June 9th through the 14th uh, directly through the Steam Launcher. Jeff Keighley announced the very first Steam Game Festivals uh Steam Game Festival in 2019 as part of the Game Awards uh for 48 hours players could try a limited time demo um, of games like System Shock and Skatebird. Uh, I actually remember that like it was I think it was directly after the Game Awards. They had it where you could play like a bunch of different uh a bunch of different like demos. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Yeah. Similar to last year's events, uh, the upcoming Steam Game Festival will spotlight games set to be released within the next year, uh, so so any game available to demo won't be uh, far away from its launch. The demo will likely be a limited time only thing, though, uh, meaning once the festival is over, the demo will disappear. The Steam page for the Game Festival is currently live, and players can set reminders for the or for when the event launches for developers, there's a separate link uh, for them, which would allow you to like submit your demo uh, before the deadline, which is April 24th. Um, I'm actually kind of excited about this, uh, being able yeah. to play like demos for games. I'm I'm wondering what kind of like lineup it is. I hope like Skatebird shows up again, so I could play a Skatebird demo. That'd be really cool. Just um, gotta hear that that sweet sweet tune. Yeah, nice that awesome soundtrack. <laughs> Uh, how do you feel about this? Are you excited for the Steam Game Festival?
1: Yeah. So I, to be honest, I don't remember the 2019 one. I don't know what happened. Why it just got erased from my memory? Um, but I think the I idea remember is really it being cool. Being like
0: directly after the Game Awards, I think that's mm. why I didn't do anything about it. Is because like they were like, "And right now, you can play like limited time demos of these games." And I was like, "It's fucking like midnight, dude. I got to work tomorrow. <laughs> it is bedtime." Yeah, at least I vaguely remember that, but I think that might be people's issue.
1: Maybe. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I don't remember it, but I mean, I love... Uh, limited time demos. I think it does kind of suck half the time, but it, it provides that like that momentary, you know, of oh man, I got to play it right now because it's going to be gone. Like I really enjoyed the one that Devolver Digital did for Carry On, and I'm super excited for that game coming up. I really liked the one that uh, Greg lobanoff did with Chicory, uh Colorful Tail, the one that should be called uh, Draw Dog, um, but it's isn't? such a better name. Such it's a so better much name. Better.
0: We'll I have want to, to be- like. As a, as like a kind of a nod to one of our questions later, we'll have to get Greg no- Lobanov back on and be like, why'd you change the name? It was so why much did better you before. Change.
1: I know. I hope, I hope he does come back and be like, we were supposed to be drawdogging it together. Why would you do this to me? <laughs> He's uh, like, that's why. Yeah. That's it's why. why. <laughs> it's like disgusting people like you. Um, yeah. No, I, I think this, this is actually really cool. And I think it's good because you know, we're at a time where this is kind of, what we have to do we can't go to conventions we can't go to places because we're not supposed to actually be not with you know we have to be in within six feet we can't be like that lady at the the grocery store um we have this way and this method of actually still being excited about games still keeping the normalcy of the world around us even though everything isn't uh, and I really enjoy it. I think this is awesome. I hope that there's some really cool indie games that come out of this because, like, one of my favorite things about this is this will attract mostly indie games, uh, you know, indie game developers because this is their time to shine to try and put them on the front page of like, hey, you can play my game. And this is a great way for visibility for me to be like, oh, there's all these new games that I didn't know about because, like, even though we're doing you know an indie game podcast, we talk about indie games, we look at them generally. There's still like hundreds and hundreds of games that i never even see and hear about later and i'm like oh man this looks cool why didn't i ever see anything about this like this is a good good way to to publicize those
0: yeah it's a great way to combat like the lack of exposure Mm because yeah it's like finding a needle in a haystack finding an indie game that really goes toward you because there's just so so many like Mm -hmm. every pretty much like once uh twice sometimes like three times a month i try to go through the like indie game section the indie game category of steam to see if there's like anything new or anything i'm really looking forward to and It's just like constantly going through page after page and getting like the bare minimum about these games, not being able to play them because most don't have demos. So Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, like you said, this is going to be an amazing way to let people know about all these awesome indie games, uh, like get their eyes on them. And then they also get to play it. So it's not just like seeing a demo. It's not It's not like seeing a video about this demo. It's instead like you get to have your hands on it and the fact that it's like for a very limited time, like you said, makes people or will make people have that sense of urgency. Like I have to play this now. I can't do it later. I can't wait um, kind of a thing. Like I, I hope it just gets like... I hope there's a large press beat about this closer to it happening cuz like mm-hmm. June is pretty far away and I understand like with the coronavirus right now it's not like we're exactly looking forward to a lot of things right now right. but still it, it might be easy to forget that that's happening in June um yeah. so I guess it is nice that they're offering like a way for you to have that reminder which is pretty sweet um, Yeah. I mean I'm sure I'm sure this
1: will, you know, be a bigger thing when it gets closer to
0: yeah, I hope so. I hope it pops back up in the news, and they're just like, "Hey, just to let you know, this week, <laughs> go check. You some can play, stuff out. Yeah, you can p- play a bunch of limited demos." Uh, speaking of playing some indie games, our next and last news story for today, or at least the ones we're gonna kind of dive deep into, is over on Polygon. It's written by Michael McWerter. McWerter. <laughs> I don't know. Your name is very interesting. <laughs> I feel like you could have said
1: that in a less like. It, it's more the way you say the names than the fact that you never know how to pronounce names. You got to say it with yeah. more confidence.
0: You take too long and you're just... Dr, dr. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's it's probably because I'm not, like... I understand if you speak with confidence, no one will really ever question you, but I don't want people to think I'm smart, okay? I'm not. I God. very much let you guys know that I'm not an intelligent person, gotta and I don't want to, like... I, yeah, I'm not gonna like feign that I am intelligent and understand how to spay, how to say this dude's name. Okay, it's Michael uh, McWhorter. McWhorterton. <laughs> uh, he or she—that uh, might be Michelle. I don't know. That's they true. Uh, write Xbox Game Pass, adding Journey to the Savage Planet, Football Manager 2020, um, and more. I'm—I mean, it's a lot more. But yeah, those are two of them. <laughs> um xbox game Pass subscribers will soon get access to games like journey to the savage planet and yakuza kiwami on xbox one and football manager 2020 on uh windows pc just to be clear when they say football manager it's a soccer game like just to let you know Mm. it's like a strategy soccer game so just calm down
1: americans (laughs)
0: yeah seriously it's like only in america that that's an issue um (laughs) journey to the savage planet will be available via xbox game pass on april 9th Uh, microsoft announced during the or it was like last week's uh inside xbox live stream uh the same day chemco's uh (laughs) retro (laughs) role-playing game uh alvastia chronicles will join the xbox game pass library on xbox one microsoft also said uh, yakuza kiwami the extreme remaster of the original yakuza game will come to xbox game pass soon uh, xbox game pass for pc will also get uh, alvastia chronicles soon as well as sega's soccer management sim football manager 2020 uh, role-playing game Mistover, and uh oh there you go missover is just was just uh brought on there just brought on there and stranger (laughs) it's stranger things the game three in march microsoft added borderlands the handsome collection uh, and golf club two uh two xbox game pass for consoles city skylines vampire yeah there's like a lot of them really the thing i wanted to talk about is that um starting on like april 15th there's a bunch of games that are actually going to be leaving xbox game pass and a decent amount of them are like really cool indie games so Mm -hmm. we've Mm -hmm. got like uh the book of unwritten tales 2 is leaving the console version fez is leaving the pc version guacamelee super turbo championship edition is leaving the console edition into the breach is leaving the pc uh uh, mx versus atv reflex is leaving console praise leaving console and pc samurai showdown 2 is leaving consoles and uh, valkyria chronicles is leaving pc versions of it i i honestly never really paid attention to the fact that like games are like i know that games are added to xbox game pass but i never really paid attention to the fact that they are actually taken off of it that's yeah. kind of that's kind of interesting
1: Yeah. I mean, well, they got to cycle through. I think it makes sense. And I'm sure that the way this works is when they, you know, go to a developer or a publisher and talk about putting their game on Xbox Game Pass, it's probably for a specific, you know, contract of like, you have a year with us, or you have a certain amount of months with us. And then probably based on the actual consumption of this game, the, you know, Microsoft Studios will probably be more willing to say like oh let's re up the contract and keep the game on longer whereas games that aren't doing as well they might push off or maybe you know just from a developer standpoint or publisher standpoint they might just want to take it off because they might now have like it's all about you know publicizing what you have out there to the you know the the ecosystem of saying hey we got this really cool game start trying to build up uh, talk around it and then taking it off game pass so that those other people who missed out could be like oh well i heard it was a good game or maybe they tried it and they didn't have enough time with it and they're like oh i want to actually buy it now you know so there there's like there's obvious reasons why a developer or publisher want to do it there's obvious reasons why xbox would do it just from a monetary standpoint um but i think it's kind of the nature of things and i think it's good though because at least it keeps the the actual catalog fresh so it's like you know new in new out or old out um i am a little upset though i i uh actually have always had on my backlog of things to play is into the breach and i was thinking about that the other day with xbox game pass um but now i can't so (laughs) so it's like one of those things where now maybe i'll end up buying it later down the road because i can't play it so i don't know
0: yeah i imagine that's kind of the thing with it is like xbox game pass kind of like you said creates buzz around a game and then they eventually remove it which also like all this buzz. People are talking about the game. then the it gets taken off of Xbox game Pass. So I imagine sales increase um, for people like you who didn't get to play it plus. Yeah, like right now is is a really nice time for I, I guess like uh, like savvy gamers in a way like uh kind of the gamers that want to pinch a penny because there's so many games going on sale right now so i imagine that wouldn't be long until into the breach goes on sale if it's not like right now yeah which I'm is sure. a crazy thing to say but i'm fairly certain that it is actually on sale somewhere at the moment
1: so. maybe i mean yeah there's there's usually ways to get around it uh, and get a, a cheaper copy um i'm just upset dude why is journey to the savage planet only console
0: yeah, that is, I also want to know that, like, uh, Xbox Game I Pass was, is so interesting. Like I was them- so
1: excited, dude. I saw Journey to the Savage Planet Xbox Game Pass, and I got so happy, and I went on, and I typed in Journey to the Savage Planet, and I looked, and it just <laughs> wasn't there.
0: <laughs> yeah, that does really suck. Did you actually watch uh, the Inside Xbox? Uh, no, I didn't actually watch it. Oh really? I was like, uh, I forget what I was doing. I think I was waiting until I think it was last Wednesday. So I like watched it before the podcast or something like that. I uh-huh. that was like one of the few things that I was like, I was home anyway and didn't have anything I really needed to do. So it's like, ah, yeah. might as well like watch Inside Xbox. It was very interesting, like the the way they did it because they did it all from home. Um, so it's like various different like qualities of oh, actually. Cool. I actually yeah. like that. It was, it was really interesting. Like some of them had like lower quality webcams. So their like picture was not as good versus like the host, his was pretty decent, but his audio quality was a little bit less. It was like, it was weird, but I like that they're still doing it. They're like foregoing it.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's how you have to be in this climate is like, you have to kind of just roll with the punches and just, you know, keep Keep uh, as much normalcy as you can in your life, even though it's clearly not. Um, so I definitely enjoy that. I've personally, I've never watched an Inside Xbox. I've never watched a uh, State of Play. Never watched an Inside Xbox. I've only watched uh, the, like, Nintendo the Nintendo Directs. Yeah. I'm even though like I don't know. I've I love all of the games from the various different platforms, but I've always just been a Nintendo boy at heart. And for most of the other stuff, I just kind of wait for you know, the the big news to hit Twitter or or random articles. I might start watching things like Inside Xbox because, to be honest, like, it sounds dumb, but I'm kind of excited for uh, the new Xbox console more than I am the PS5.
0: I don't really mind either way like i'm trying to shift to pc and then like even then probably a year or two after the ps5's launch i'll get one just to like play it with my friends that are on like ps5 and stuff like that but a lot of the things that are like weighing in the balance like backwards compatibility and like your uh Uh, like storage space and all that kind of stuff i'm like i'm moving to pc anyway so like it's not it's not something i really care that much about like most of my gaming is going to be on pc from now on and then the thing that gets me to buy these consoles are exclusives which like microsoft is making a lot of their games or i think all of their games are actually playable on pc so i for the most part won't need to buy an xbox like the series x and then playstation like I'll have to buy a console for that, and I'll be happy to because their exclusives are amazing. So yeah,
1: we'll see. Because I, I really want to see how they they go about. Uh, and we're we're on a big tangent here, but I, I want to see what they do with like all of their uh, new first party studios that they've obtained, and how they're going to go about uh, actually putting those on PC or not. Like, is everything going to be that way going? You know, once we're into the new console, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But we'll see.
0: I'm hoping so. I'm hoping it sticks to the whole, like, all of our first-party games are then on PC. Yeah. I, I hope it stays that way because that's kind of what I'm banking on right now. If, I just want to be able to play up...
1: Journey to the Savage Planet, you know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it's so weird. It's very <laughs> odd. I do want to ask you one quick question when we're talking about the consoles, and then we'll move on to News cram. What do you think about the DualSense, the new oh. PS5 controller? Didn't what we talk about this? Last week. Did we I I honestly can't remember. Like yeah. we might have. Yeah, we definitely did cuz I I think
1: so. Cuz you you and Chris had a a whole thing about how he was like, "No, it's dual sense because of this." And like arguing about the name. Oh, I just think yeah, it looks yeah. dumb. We like, did. I just don't like the two-tone uh color aspect to it. I I hate it.
0: Okay. All right. Sounds good. Uh so, let's <laughs> hop into news cram. <laughs> cram, 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 cram time. <laughs> News Cram is our weekly wrap-up segment where we, the hosts of Indie Pod and Indie Games Podcast, cram you full of all sorts of indie games news. Uh, this week in News Cram, we don't have any quick news stories for you, but we do have some new deals and quick steals. At least one, which is nice. Um, nice. And we've got a whole bunch of new stuff. So now uh, on to our new deals and quick steals. Our first and only deal of this week comes by way of Twinfinite, where it's reported that starting on April sixteenth. Which that's uh, tomorrow. The podcast, yeah, the podcast will be out by then. um You'll be oh, able to get well, adventure that's game yesterday. Yeah, you'll be able to get adventure game Wheels of Aurelia by Santa. And I by literally, I I wow. don't know how to say this name honestly. This dev's name. It's Santa Rajin maybe Rajoin. It's like R A G. Sounds like you're trying to say the name of a pasta. Yeah, yeah. That's that's basically what I was trying to do. I I literally have no reference for how to say that. So it's fun. All right. All right, um then. you can get that completely free on the Epic Game Store. You can also get Just Cause four, but that's not that's not an indie game side. <laughs> it's not that's not cool stuff. <laughs> I give you shit about Just Cause. Um <laughs> now let's move on to some new stuff. Our first five items of new stuff come by way of Nintendo Life where it's supported that adventure game, the sexy brutale or it's brutale, I've heard it i've heard it said both ways. i have literally no idea uh by cavalier game studios and tequila works is getting a physical release on the nintendo switch through super rare games with pre-orders going live on april 16th so those should be live by the time you're hearing this Uh, make sure you go there because i believe they only have a thousand copies available but i'm not 100 sure on that so either way if you want to get it Make sure you go pre-order it. Uh, the mm-hmm. racing game Super Pixel Racers by 21C Ducks is coming to the Nintendo Switch on April 16th. Uh, that theme park simulator by Best Ride Simulators is headed to the Nintendo Switch on April 17th. That action roguelike Danger Scavenger by Pewter Wolk. Pewter It's P I O T R W-O-L-K, there's a space in there between the two, but right. Pewter Wolk uh, and Star Drifters is coming to the, uh, or coming to Steam in Q2 2020 and other platforms, meaning consoles, uh, in some, sometime in Q4 2020. And lastly, that roguelike farming simulator, Crops by Birdbath Games, is headed to the Nintendo Switch on May 28th. It's also, like, technically it's going to go full release, so mm-hmm. it's coming, uh, it's actually in its, like, full release on the Epic Games Store and coming to the Nintendo Switch and possibly other platforms on uh, May 28th because beforehand it was in early access. So. Yeah, we didn't I talk about it? I'm pretty sure yeah. I talked about it. Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It was fun. I, I enjoyed it. Awesome. Josh gives it a glowing recommendation. Yep. Um Blow, glow. n- Now over on Twinfinite, Twin where it's reported that open-world survival craft game Terraria by ReLogic will be receiving a new expansion titled Journey's End on May 16th. Uh and to round out the group over on GameSpot, it's reported that indie exploration game Journey by that game company is headed to Steam on June which 11th. One? Uh that game company? Which one? No, that that game company. Yeah, yeah, I know which one. No, no, like the, the name of the company is that game company. Oh, oh I Yeah, see, no I see. spaces. See, I didn't I didn't have the inflection in my voice. It's that game company. Yeah, there you go. No spaces. <laughs> Perfect. Not not a single one. Now uh, it makes <laughs> sense that souls like rpg hellpoint by cradle games has been delayed from april 16th to sometime in q2 2020 and lastly that creature collecting game temtem by crema uh just received its spring update that adds many new features such as ranked match playing player intros and outros a battle log and more uh so big josh boy we've been blessed with so many That's amazing me. indie games news stories that i think it's about time we give back to the creators in our next segment god bless the crowd this is where the biggest ravage just boys hops into uh, a bunch of different crowdfunding sites finds an awesome game for us to talk about and we do just so this week we're talking about sword of the necromancer it's a uh it's a dungeon crawler action rpg with roguelike elements this team is where well, they were looking for $16,464. That was their goal. They've blown past it. Uh, They're currently at $32,715 with 718 backers and 22 days left to go at the time of this recording. Uh, the actual dev's name is YanduSoft. YanduSoft. It's J-N-D-U-S-O-F-T. No space. Probably YanduSoft. I'm assuming so. They're big fans of Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, so <laughs> this one has already hit its goal, but still. You can always uh, back it, get some sweet stretch goals. The 40,000 euros gets us voice acting in English, which is cool. I yeah. do enjoy that. Um, to get in on the ground floor of this one, you got to put in 16 bucks. That gets you a digital copy of the game and your name in the credits. So, Big Josh Boy, how do you feel about Sword of the Necromancer? So, I think... Um It looks pretty cool. I like the idea
1: of bringing the enemies that you kill back, like, from the dead. But Uh, you think the combat
0: looks slow? Yeah,
1: I I think that's kind of my concern with this, is it does look a little clunky because, and this is one of their biggest things, is they're like, the combat is mainly you're a hack and slash game, and then a lot of the abilities or cool things that happen from an attack perspective are all not you. <laughs> They're all from those things that you raise from the dead. So like it's kind of cool cuz you get to hoard this army of things that can fight for you, which is like appealing in some facets, but it does seem a little clunky. Um and to be honest, this art style I've never been a fan of. It's got the uh like no actual outline of the characters and it all feels very like painted and it's just
0: not really something I'm into. Um, That's kind of crazy. I really like the like pixel art, uh, the pixel art style. Like I, I really enjoy it. And I think it kind of reminds me of like, I don't know why it reminds me of anime so much, but yeah. it, it, it does for some reason. Yeah. I mean, I could see that. I just, it feels, uh, the concept
1: is something that bridges it away from other games. Um, and feels unique, but I just don't feel like the gameplay is unique enough to get me past playing this game and being like, yep,
0: that was a game. Um... (laughs) You and like, do have some spells that you can cast. Does that kind of change it? Like you were saying that uh, the coolest things you can do are is like through summoning these creatures that yeah. you kill, but there are some spells that you can cast. Yeah, I mean, that is true.
1: I just, I, I don't know. The thing with, so I play a lot of roguelikes so that, er, and roguelites, so that's also a big uh, factor to it. So like, it's really hard uh, for me to play a lot of roguelikes now where I don't, play them for a while be like this was fun but then kind of drop them because the whole part of a roguelite or a roguelike is that it's replayability standpoint of it being something where you're like really into it and this kind of style is great but you have to really be invested into a game um so i don't know if this one is for me it's just not really not really grabbing me um I do like the fact that they're they're playing into like, it is a Zelda game where they're trying to feature the mechanics from Enter the Gungeon or like it's inspired from that um, because Enter the Gungeon is great and I think that style will help. I also really like the the little cards that they have. I think those are super cool but have nothing to do with the game other than being a thing that you could scan. Um, but I, I don't know. It's just this is one of those ones where for me personally, I'd, I'm not going to back it. I think there are some Uh, you know, good redeeming qualities from it. I like uh, the actual idea of bringing people back from the dead to help you fight and what that looks like. I don't know. I'm not getting it from this exactly of how well it'll play out. Um, But I mean, we'll see.
0: Yeah. I'm wondering how exactly this mechanic of bringing back people from the dead works. Like, is it, it says you kind of like collect uh, like a library of creatures, but do you really, or is it just like the most recent one you killed similar to like the summon spell in the original fable, just basically like summoned the thing that your are summoned last killed. Otherwise it's a B kind of a thing. Like I I'm wondering how exactly that works. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Cause in one of the, the, like the images of
1: this, you have that enemy on one of your like map to one of the buttons.
0: Yeah. I see the, like the slime. Yeah. She had summoned a slime.
1: Yeah, so I guess you have to map them, which would make sense. So maybe the thing when you kill them, you're really just collecting them for that book. Uh, That's kind of cool, though. I'm
0: Um, wondering what the, like, limitations of that are. Like, if you kill a boss, can you then summon a boss? Yeah, no
1: way. Come on now. (laughs) That would be really cool. I don't think so, though. But, I mean, I, I like it, but also I would want it to be... If I, like if I'm playing someone who's a necromancer or that kind of uh, you know class type, like a witch doctor or someone who's a summoner, like I like games where they do that and they go kind of nuts with it and they're like, oh, you can have just like endless minions and have like a ton of people that follow you. And usually to get around that is the game will make you really squishy and will make it so that you know if you're not smart about the people that are surrounding you, you'll end up dying real quick um but that's not what this game is about so it also just is more of my playstyle of the the fact that I would want it if it's going to be more about being a necromancer being more like that um but that's well, there just a is, personal preference
0: i am i imagine the reason that they don't make that playstyle very apparent is because your character is not a necromancer she's a bandit right Um, So she, like, she's very quick and agile. I'm assuming, like, the reason it's called Sword of the Necromancer is, like, that's, like, a relic that you get. Like, it's just, it's something that happens. And the reason that you can't, like, uh, you're not really adept at summoning, you don't have this, like, witch doctor, necromancer-esque, like, ability, is that you just kind of, like, happened upon it. Um, The other abilities that you have, like the ability to shoot a bow and then there's a dash and your like sword you're you're kind of like sword combat and using halberds and spears appropriately makes sense for like a bandit-esque character so um right. and it's also kind of about like i guess the story of it is eventually getting to the bottom of this kind of like crypt so then you can gain the ability and knowledge of a true necromancer and to bring like your uh, like your loved one back to life, so I think it kind of makes sense that it doesn't have that that more like necrom like typical necromancer esque yeah. gameplay.
1: That makes sense. It's just not something I'm looking for. You know,
0: yeah yeah, that definitely makes sense i I'm so excited to like have a game where I can like summon different enemies. I think that's so cool, like summoning a DulaHan is so cool like I also really love the well a uh, sum of the enemies that they have, specifically, I love the DulaHan. it looks very cool, but the like Restorabbit rabbit or Restor rabbit looks like a penis, so that's a <laughs> little odd um. Maybe that says more about me than it does about this game, but that absolutely I mean, looks it, like a penis. It
1: looks pretty close.
0: <laughs> it looks pretty phallic, dude. Um, <laughs> but I think this game looks really cool. I'm. There are a few things that I think are a little weird. Um, I'm wondering how the magic system is going to work. Of course, how that like summoning mechanics going to work. The archery in this game does not look that like. It doesn't look that comprehensive. Like you, you have to stand in like a direct line. It yeah. doesn't look like you can actually aim. Um, it's just a which,
1: diagonal
0: yeah, like it's either straight or diagonal, but it doesn't look like you can really like aim that well
1: um yeah, yeah there is co-op though there do for co-op yeah, play. I do like that I think that's pretty cool uh you I'm, I believe I read that you're not able to do any of the summoning if you're the second player, but it's still cool that you get to play with another person
0: yeah, yeah, that's very cool. so you personally are not gonna like back this game right now, but no, would you this... recommend people do? I mean if this
1: is like if this anything that we've been saying sounds interesting, I think that this game will still be good. I just don't think this personally is something that I will jump for right now. This is another one of those I'm going to wait and see kind of what it evolves into.
0: I would honestly like if if I wasn't kind of like trying to save money or anything, I would actually probably back this. I think it looks really really cool. Yeah. Um when is there like projected release Uh, date. I see November 2020. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that one is gonna if that's like actually kind of like realistically feasible especially right now with the coronavirus or
1: yeah I don't know. I mean I think it is so it's interesting because the coronavirus although it is impacting a lot of places I think with most Kickstarters it's probably not as big because a lot of these are digital copies and that's a lot easier to roll out and most indie teams are smaller and probably already used to working you know uh, online uh, or in a small space. So I don't think they'll probably be as impacted in that sense. But you're right. You know, I don't know all uh, all that there is about, you know, their personal backgrounds and what they're dealing with right now. So it might be. Um, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, the... I I initially had thought – I was like, oh, it's cool kind of like – it's not cool, but it's nice that indie developers kind of work from home and remote typically anyway so that they weren't being like super – like they they didn't have those typical effects of the coronavirus where like everybody's in their homes and stuff like that and they have to learn how to work remotely like a big reason that a lot of games are getting delayed. But then when you think about like – I guess the larger picture, if they're an indie game developer, like, uh, if they have kids, their kids can no longer go to school and no daycare or anything like that. So they have to yep, juggle that's that true. Mm-hmm. and like other things that are just like everyday life issues. So yeah, I, I think it's like, uh, it is, I imagine it's nice for them to already kind of have the capability to work from home, but yeah. they're definitely probably the like similar struggles to, to most people. Yeah, Um, I mean,
1: everyone's dealing with their own thing. You don't know.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, So let's move on to our last segment of the podcast. This is our random question segment. So we uh, put out on our Twitter a tweet that you can actually answer with your questions and all sorts of stuff. Like anything you want it doesn't have to be about indie games or video games in general. Sometimes they aren't. You can also email us, uh, at our Gmail, which is indie incursion podcast at gmail.com. It's all one word. There's no like spaces, underscores or anything like that. Uh, so we got four questions in today. Sibreed read, repeat writes in, and that is actually like a, it's a, it's a website, but they do a lot of like, indie game stuff they do a lot of indie game content and our friend chris penwell writes for them so i would absolutely recommend checking them out uh they recently started following us and i kind of geeked out about that because i thought that was cool (laughs) we're famous um, yeah (laughs) we have this very small amount of fame we're like uh, some people listen to us every week Uh,
1: it's better than none
0: right exactly like as long as one person listened like i said i would do this podcast until the day i die uh so sip Read, repeat writes in and says um kind of like multiple questions uh mm. but like one is uh, how to start a podcast so let's do that one right now josh yeah. what are your ideas on how to start a podcast <laughs> you said to- you're gonna leave it up to me but i feel like your you're kind of like your component and what you might weigh in on this is just as important
1: Uh, I mean, I don't, so here's the thing. Our origin story is definitely a me just following along. So I don't, (laughs) I don't have as much to contribute on like, starting a podcast, but as far as like maintaining a podcast, really the the one key thing is consistency. Like the biggest reason why a podcast will fail is just because no one knows when you're coming out. No one knows like reliably what your schedule is. The fact that we've been able to keep that, you know, weekly basis or for some if they want to do bi weekly, like that's fine. But like keep a consistent schedule. I understand the the idea behind people who say things like, oh well I only want to put out content you know, when I feel inspired and that totally makes sense. But then you need to change either, you know, the, the content that you're doing it on or to kind of find some kind of angle because like, uh, consistency is really key. Like if there's something that's not an every week thing for me, I'll probably fall off just because I don't know when to check and I'll stop thinking about it and I'm dumb. And most people are because we just don't think about things if they're not in our routines
0: yeah especially with podcasts consistency is such like a strict thing like you you can i guess is like uh like in a video format like some youtubers don't necessarily have a strict schedule, so you can mm. kind of get away with kind of doing things whenever you have that strike of inspiration but podcasting you pretty much like have to do it every week and that's like for the most part why like when josh has gone on trips and stuff i've found somebody or i have like recorded it by myself like no matter what i try to make sure that there is like indie pot up every friday for people to listen to
1: yeah yeah and i i I mean i If you're really thinking about how to start a podcast for anyone who's out there that's like, oh, you know, I kind of want to do it. Like, honestly, the best recommendation I can give is just do it. Like, there's a lot of people who come out with all these, you know, fine ideas and and they're constantly thinking about like, oh, what if we do it at this angle? What if we do this? It would be cool if we got together. Like, just start doing it. Like, it might suck and you can find that out and then you could say, I don't want to do this. But until you actually start the podcast and actually set things up and actually, you know, start trying to find your groove and start consistently doing something, it's never going to roll through. Like with Vaughn and I, we started this podcast and it was more of Vaughn just being like Parallax needed a podcast because we wanted to do it. There was talks of it forever. And then Vaughn just decided, Hey, I'm going to do one on indie games. He asked if anyone was interested. I said, I I like indie games and I kind of want to start a podcast and I just kind of rolled with it. And honestly, it's been a uh, very interesting and awesome routine, but it was one of those things where, you know, you learn from doing uh, and you get better as time goes on and you just need to kind of jump into it. You have to dive into this world. Um, another thing that I would say if you're starting is to, even if, you know, you don't have a lot of money, um, there are cheaper but nicer microphones out there, I would recommend getting one. Mine is only a sixty-dollar microphone, and it's not the best, and I know that. I also know I don't have the best area, but like this is better than a headset mic, and this is going to give you a lot better quality for all of the different you know episodes that you take. Um, it's super important because although there is that level of you want to keep things real and you want to sometimes have background noise in the back, like certain things, because that makes it seem more realistic and more down to earth. You also don't want it to be shitty, like garbage quality microphone. So like there, those are a couple of things that I would say. Um, I mean, it also depends on what you're doing, but I'll let Vaughn go from this.
0: No, that's like, that was actually some good stuff to bring up is like the, the barrier to entry for podcasting is actually really, really low. Like if you, if I, I don't know, you, you don't necessarily like have to have a professional microphone or anything. Like Josh said, he has one that's like 60 bucks. There are cheap microphones that you can get that have still like a decent audio quality and like, um, there are hosting services that are actually like free For the most Mm -hmm. part, like, you can... Some of them have data caps that you have to adhere to. So, like, uh, we initially started out before we joined the HPVO Game Podcast Network. We uh, went through Podbean as a hosting service, which allows you like a certain amount of data per month so if you do like a like a bi-weekly podcast you can easily get away with not actually like paying for a podcast hosting service but there are like even if you pay for them like Podbean specifically i like i go through for go beyond and i continue to go through them for like many reasons because i think it's actually a really nice service but I believe I pay like if you want to pay annually, it's nine dollars a month, and if you want to just pay month to month, it's fifteen. Um, I that that it kind of adds up, but of course, like there are free um, Mm -hmm. hosting services Mm -hmm. that you can use. Like recently I checked out like anchor and anchor is completely free. Um, I'm going to actually like, there's a a podcast that I'm recording with some of my friends that I'm going to be checking out anchor with that podcast and seeing how it works. Uh, I actually asked Chris about it, Chris Penwell, um, because I believe let's be geek. His like interview podcast is hosted on anchor and he said, it's actually really nice. And they, Mm do the distribution for you so you don't have to worry about adding it to like google podcasts which is super annoying by the way since they switched (laughs) it from like google music to google podcasts big hassle i really hate (laughs) it um and Uh like they added to spotify and stitcher and stuff like that so that's really cool um so yeah the the barrier to entry for podcasting is very low and like be prepared to like josh said kind of like roll with the punches. Like you, you might come up with a podcast idea, but it more than likely will not work the way you want it to the first time. And you also might not have that, like that rapport with your co-host. Yeah. That, for sure.
1: Think about the first couple episodes we did. It was like, it was yeah, very awkward.
0: It was very awkward and it was weird. It was like way, way different. Cause we also had like other people on here. We eventually were like, We stopped having guests. We no longer allowed guests on here. That's for the most part. Like, one side is laziness, but another side is that, uh, like we kind of stopped doing some of the dev interviews and stuff like that. Like having people on for interviews and stuff. I mainly stopped reaching out because I wanted to focus on kind of like building up Josh's and, and my rapport and I feel like we have a good back and forth now. And that's something that you have to commit to. Like we've been doing this podcast for over a year and Mm -hmm. it took us a while to get there. You also have to be prepared to like, and I understand this is like this is one part of many questions that Cypriot Repeat wrote in with. Uh but yeah, this is true. this is very important um to talk about because if you want a podcast, it's it's so easy. You just have to be willing to do it. You're not gonna see returns immediately. So you have to be prepared to like kind of put content out into a void but be Mm -hmm. like be ready to to market yourself make a twitter account like start reaching out to people networking is a big part of this like uh we wouldn't be part of the hp video game podcast network if i like hadn't written for handsome phantom really and there's like a lot of different stuff that wouldn't happen if I didn't network with people or we didn't network with people. Like we've had people on the show like, uh, Jake James or yeah, I think his name is Jake James Lugo. Um, yeah, yep. That was kind of like a networking opportunity where we talk back and forth every now and then you can like meet developers and stuff. Like it's really not hard. You just have to be open to like one, you have to make time for it. Two, you have yeah. to just come up with an idea, and three, you have to be just ready to roll with the punches. It's it's not hard. You just pop in, you develop that rapport, you go episode to episode. Sometimes, like we've had segments on this podcast that I really wanted to do, um, but they just really didn't work. They, yeah. I did not like them. Um, setting them up was annoying, and actually doing them, really, I don't think. Yeah, that remember it- Fry's Day. Yeah, like (laughs) um, there's like there's all sorts of stuff. Like you just you really have to kind of be malleable. Be ready to change things and don't be afraid to because you never know what might hit. But uh yeah, really consistency is the key though. (laughs) Good question. Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. I really like I want more people like podcasting like everybody has a podcast. That's like a a joke. Everybody's got one. (laughs) But like quality podcasts by people who are like passionate about what they're talking about and that are willing to kind of like put in the time to do it are few and far between and when you find one it's fantastic like i'm i'm Mm -hmm. so glad also this is something that josh is not gonna feel but i absolutely will (laughs) okay okay you have to find a good co-host like that sounds weird But if you're going to do it with somebody, you have to find somebody who's willing to put just as much time into it as you are and somebody who's, like, just as passionate as you are. I got very lucky. So when we started out this podcast, we had multiple people who wanted to, like, be on an Indie Games podcast, but, like, they couldn't commit weekly. Luckily, Josh could. And we've become friends because of it, and I think this podcast is amazing mostly because of him. Like, I – I set I up you. this stuff, but you are definitely like the star of the show in a <laughs> sense. You're the reason that this podcast is good, if I'm being Chill honest. Out. So, no, no. yeah. Let's not do this.
1: <laughs> I often say
0: that kind of stuff, but it's real. So, just like. All of those things. I don't want to go through it again because I've summed it up multiple times. But yeah, finding a co-host that's willing to to put in the amount of work that you are and is just as passionate about the subject is also something that will make things so much easier because solo podcasting is very hard. Um <laughs> so yeah, I I I do not envy people who do solo podcasts. It's so hard, and it doesn't surprise me that when people do solo podcasts, sometimes they like they fall off with it. They yeah. yeah. They like find it hard to keep doing it because like doing content on your own is very hard. You have I mean, to, it's like, the same,
1: it, it's the same concept of like, like, uh, like going to the gym every day or not every day, but like keeping a, a, an actual like workout routine. If you don't have someone that's going with you to the gym, um, generally there's going to be an easier time for yourself to be like, oh, I could skip today or I don't have to do it now. Like blah, 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 You can, if you don't have that other person, like there's been days that I start out and, and granted I've had days where I know the podcast is happening and I'm like, fuck, I don't really want to do it today. And you know, it, it's just and it, that's just human nature. There's just days where you feel a little off. But it's one of those things where I know that you're here and I have to do it because I have to commit because I have to keep going with this. And I have to make sure that if you're going to show up, I'm going to show up. And by the end of it, usually, you know, I have a good time doing the podcast anyway that I don't really care about it. But it's that that struggle of like, if I didn't have another person here with me, would I have actually been like, all right, let's actually do the podcast?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Having somebody kind of depend on you is like it's I, I don't want to say it's like a codependent nature, but it is in a sense <laughs> like
1: that's a weird way to frame it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it is very nice. Uh, let's move on to the next question in here. Uh, favorite upcoming indie games. Big Josh boy. What are your favorites? Okay, so uh, a couple of, and I've
1: rattled these off before uh, in previous episodes, but some of the ones that I'm looking forward to, um, one of the more low-key ones is She Dreams Elsewhere. I've talked about this a couple of times. It It's very old-school JRPG-esque, uh, at least from like the combat and the, the visual style to it. But the one thing that I like about it is it's a story about depression from a very introverted individual and how they kind of cope with that depression um and the way it works is when you you end up going into these hallucinations or these these weird kind of like dream states uh and that world is just crazy funky looking it's all interesting it's got a a weird design and it's basically like she's you you can't tell what's a dream like what's a dream state what's real and it's more or less her own mind kind of playing tricks on her and and her falling into this this pit of depression and fighting her way out and and i'm i don't know too much about it cuz i've only played the demo when it was out uh back a while i think it was on kickstarter that i tried it out because of um but it's something that i I am very interested to see what it turns into uh it says it has a planned release date of 2020 once again this is one of those things where you know you never know if that might get pushed back um another one is way to the woods uh it's this one where uh i believe it was in like a back in last e3 uh xbox had it as one of their their highlighted things but it's basically you as a deer um, like a mama deer and a baby deer walking through like kind of almost Last of Us-esque, like walking through a uh, kind of post-apocalyptic world where it's like these, you know, you're walking through like a subway station, but there's like all this foliage around it and things growing off of it. And I, I guess you're just trying to find a way to the woods. And it, it looks interesting. I don't know much about it, but I'm excited to try it out. Um, and then there's Carry On, which is you fighting as this weird meatball looking evil monster uh trying to just eat humans and get out of this lab that they've put you in from devolver published by devolver digital uh i tried out the demo the controls to it are a little like tough to get at first but i just really love the idea of you just being this weird crazy blob monster just eating people um Those are some of them. There's a ton of other indie games, but like I said before the podcast, anytime I get these kind of questions, my brain always dumps and is just like, I can't think of a single thing. So I looked it up really quickly and these are the first ones that came to mind.
0: Uh, for me some of my favorite upcoming indie games of course there's things like uh Team Cherry's next game Hollow Knight Silk Song oh, of course of course had to bring it up um Heart Machine's next game which is Solar Ash Kingdom that's the developer of Hyperlight Drifter um, that one's mm-hmm. kind of interesting cuz we don't know anything about what it's going to be it seems to be a 3D like uh like kind of like an action platformer but literally no idea because it's a big departure from Hyperlight Drifter but i very much am looking forward to it uh there are other games like Ribbiting saga and garden story are very similar um Mm -hmm. but those look really really good they're like uh these 2d kind of like uh kind of hearkening back to like seemingly like zelda linked to the past kind of stuff like it it they look very similar but of course with like uh more like 16 bit pixel art um But they look very good. I I very much enjoy those. um, Mostly because of their art styles. Like, the gameplay could be lacking, but I love those art styles so much. Um, One is, like, you play a toad, like a a frog. Um, (laughs) And I honestly don't know much about the story because there's not, like, a whole lot to reference for it. Um, I did find Mm a demo, though, that I'm actually going to play when I was trying to look up stuff for it. Um, And Garden Story... Was, uh, it's one of the things, I forget what it is, like, it's one of the games that's in conjunction with Viz Media, and that weird, like, publishing, or development studio out of Oregon.
1: Yeah, I can't remember what the other one is called, I always, it's like that weird puzzle-y, like, anime-looking game.
0: It's Uh, like, uh the world next door or something like that it's yeah uh it's, yeah the world next door
1: cat lady yeah and uh the garden story
0: yeah garden story i like a lot you play a grape and I think that is so fucking cute. I love the art <laughs> style so much. Um, there are a couple other games I'm really looking forward to, like Eastward, I think looks absolutely amazing. I got to play the limited time demo on that one, and it's fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. I did have some issues with it, but it was mostly just, I mean, it was a demo, so it makes sense. Um <laughs> Renain looks really good. That one I learned about because of the kind of funny game showcase. The second one, I believe it's like a Mm. 2d action platformer with very cute pixel art where you play like a little knight. Um, I like the color scheme a lot. It was very, very interesting. Um, there's like Astalon, uh, tears of the earth. Uh, yeah Astalon tears of the earth that looked really interesting also from the kind of funny game showcase you play as like a. it was kind of like a it's kind of like an 8-bit adventure that harkens back to like some of the older like seemingly castlevania-esque games um you play like multiple different characters that you switch between it looks very interesting and weird and i i'm really Hmm. into that um there was like i think there was one more of course like yeah carrion looks amazing i'm definitely excited for carrion um That's not all of them. That's just the ones right off the top of my head. There is a game coming out like either today or it just came out called Ida. It's I T T A looks very good. It's a bullet hell game where you play Mm -hmm. like, um, a girl with her father's revolver and like a ghost cat and some weird shit happens. It looks very, (laughs) very very cool. I've been following the development of that one for like two years. I think it looks awesome. I would recommend people check it out, but, uh, yeah, it's always awesome. Indie games coming out, dude. Always mm-hmm. awesome indie games. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move on to the last part of Sipri Pete's question. Such a long question. Yeah, yeah. Um, when are you gonna interview another dev? Uh this for me is kind of like I I don't know um when like a specific date that we're gonna do it. Like I said before, the reason we pretty much stopped doing it is one one part because of laziness and the other because I wanted to kind of develop the rapport between Josh and I. But I feel like um, probably soon, like Mm -hmm. we, for the most part, the only like barrier toward that is reaching out to the developers and asking like if they'll do uh, like an audio interview, which is at times kind of hard because maybe they don't have like a, they typically don't have great quality microphones, but also like indie devs, most of their lives are spent building their fucking game so yeah it's sometimes it's hard to actually get them especially because in
1: like a news kind of setting of trying to build up that uh you know marketing around your game when it's getting closer to release uh we've had it where we've reached out and a lot of times they're like oh i'm way too busy right now i can't do something like which you know it totally makes sense because they're really just swamped trying to get their game out But it's also tough. And especially because, you you know, for us anyway, at least we're very early on into our, uh, you know, career as far as IndiePod goes, which makes it a little tougher. Um, So really it's more when our we going to just reach out and hopefully get someone because I I feel like we're both the same page kind of like if we can get someone who's willing to do this and reaches out to us or we reach out to them like we're always open to talk to a developer about their indie game and see kind of what they're working on or how they're you know actually doing this because that's the whole point of it right
0: yeah, I honestly, if any like indie game devs are listening to this and they want more publicity on their game and everything, and they want to do an interview, you can reach out. I would be more than happy to do an interview. It's uh, like really the large part of this is laziness on my part. Like, yeah. and also like finding the time that works in their schedule, but also works in my schedule. Like, it's a little bit easier now because of the coronavirus and like having to spend a lot of my time at home. Mm-hmm. But I'm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if it'd be easy for them though. Yeah.
1: I don't know. And I mean, there's, I mean, probably what we would have to do is just find weird times to, to work around their schedule and just kind of plop it into the, the actual episodes and maybe just do specific, either shorter episodes that tailor around that interview or to do separate takes and have like a little mini session as a bonus episode. Um, but It would really depend. Also, if there's a specific developer or game that you want to hear, you know, an indie, like an actual indie dev uh, for anyone who's listening to us, like the actual fans, let us know and we'll reach out to them to try and, you know, talk to someone who you're interested in. I think that would also be cool to hear kind of what the fans want to hear about. You know what I mean?
0: yeah absolutely that's a great idea like if if i sippery'd repeat chris penmail like uh samuel and anybody who's listening actually wants us to interview a specific dev feel free to let us know like dm us on twitter our dms are open um just tweet at us whatever you want uh you could send us an email about it and i would be more than happy to try to set up an interview with the developer oh shit the other indie game that i was looking forward to is flynn son of crimson by the way that's the one i forgot (laughs) i'm very much looking forward to flynn son of crimson keep an eye out for it it looks Uh, fucking great i'm in that discord it's mostly just people talking shit just saying it's pretty depressing
1: (laughs) Uh, that's a that's a shame all right we should probably move on to the next question
0: yeah uh chris pennell writes in and says why do you think anime games suck and what can be done to improve them big joshua you are the, the anime expert, expert of this podcast <laughs> why do they suck I, I mean i think
1: anime play? games suck because they're all fighting
0: games i hate so like that's my answer good, dude i'm not even joking why are good, they all 3d fighting games
1: that's all they ever are and like i so i would be fine like i was so hyped for Kakarot to come out the new dragon ball game and then i found out it was just a overhyped rpg fighting game and i was like I don't really care
0: yeah they're like it's not a fighting game it's a fighting game with rpg elements and you're like that's still a fighting that's game the same thing <laughs> it's still a 3d arena fighter why are all of them 3d arena fighters or there's like games like uh i want to say it's guilty gear um that yeah. are like 2d fighters and you're like still nope. close but no cigar and like blaze blue also close no cigar also. it's still a fighting game So granted, like,
1: if that's your thing, like, that's cool. Like some people are really into fighting games. That's awesome. But like, that is not my wheelhouse. And that is what every anime game goes to. So it's just like, I don't really care about anime in
0: general and like also fighting games. So, nah. yeah, for me, that's absolutely why is like most of them are fighting games. I don't understand why just like branch out into a different genre. I mean, it's
1: like, I get why it's, it's a lot of animes lend themselves to being fighting games. Like the concept uh, is quite obvious, but like they could also have adventure games. They could have, you know, there, there's more that they could do. And I like, there are examples, but it's the majority of games will turn into a fighting game.
0: Yeah, there are, cool, like, there are cool examples like uh Pass put out a game. I, I believe they've done multiple, but they put out like Psycho Pass Mandatory Happiness, which is like more of a detective game, which is mm. really cool. And I've actually like, I want to play that game a lot because I love the Psycho Pass, at least the first season of the anime. So right. like just branching out into other genres really, really change it for me versus like always being fighting games because they're just... I'm not a fan of that genre. And I yeah. don't think I don't want to say that they suck because I don't know. Like I Yeah, uh, that's true too. Yeah, I think Chris is referring specifically to I don't think he likes the uh My Hero Academia One's Justice game and it's like <laughs> I don't know if that's a bad game. I have I no know. idea. But uh yeah. I'll never know. Yeah, I honestly just think they need to do some other genres. Like I thought it was really cool when like and this is kind of like a departure, um, but I thought it was really cool when Final Fantasy 15 was coming out that they put out an additional like uh, it was like a 2D RPG that they put out mm-hmm. that was like um, it was something completely different. But it actually kind of like elaborated on some of the story along with like a movie that they put out. So that's cool. That's like and it's obviously an aside because Final Fantasy is mostly a like a video game franchise, but it would be cool. Right. If, anime games just are different genres instead of just <laughs> 3d arena fighters uh john moore writes in founder of parallax media make sure you check out the content at parallax media. One, i believe is the yes. web address um yes. he writes in and says is your hair also super long hashtag covid cut is your hair super long <laughs> big josh boy
1: no i uh i actually uh partially myself. I cut it myself and then my wife finishes the rest. I've always done that. I, I cut it pretty pretty short anyway. Short on the sides and then a little bit longer on the top so I can floof it up a little bit and spike it the like first ah, part okay. of it. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, you know, nice. But yeah, like I don't I don't, I would have done the same thing anyway. I do sometimes go to a barber to actually like clean it up and get it done well. Um, but I'm just gonna have it
0: a little bit scruffy for now. Dude, I don't fuck with like non, I guess, licensed people cutting my hair. You know what I mean? Like, because when I was like 13, I thought back and I was like, my dad has always cut my hair and I feel bad about my parents paying for haircuts. So I was like, I want my haircut. I'm gonna tell my dad to cut my hair. And, mm-hmm. uh, I hadn't really realized that, uh, my entire childhood I had bowl cuts and there's a reason <sighs> for that. It's because my uh-huh. dad does not cut hair very well. So he like fucked up my hair he fucked it up so much so that when i went to school the next day and people asked me why my hair was so fucked up i totally lied and said that i got in trouble and my dad cut my bangs off or some bullshit like that (laughs) i was like it looks so bad and i don't want people to know that i voluntarily did this to myself
1: yeah i've i've had something like that similar uh where uh the sister of one of my really good friends Went into uh, hair cuttery school. I forget what it's actually called. Like cosmetology uh, and like, yes. barber school? Yes. Uh, so she was doing that and she wanted practice. So she was like, Can I cut your hair? And I was like, Sure. And she was <laughs> using uh, buzzers and she put it on like a specific side and just kind of like woofed right into my hair. And it was <laughs> such a bad cut <laughs> that I was like, Okay, uh, I guess even it out around the sides and we'll keep it long on the top but it was like so short that i was just like ah, all right just military cut it <laughs> and i just had to have the full thing buzzed <laughs> it was when i just first started dating my now wife and she was like what
0: did you do You're like i made a mistake <laughs> it was
1: like i should have never let her cut my hair <laughs>
0: Yeah, dude, I don't I don't fuck with untrained hands touching my hair. Like, I go to Great Clips, which is still, like, some people think bottom of the barrel. I like them. They've been cutting my hair since I was, like, 13. Hence, you know, the dad fiasco. <laughs>
1: Ever since the accident.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but... uh Yeah, my hair is definitely getting longer and it's definitely pissing me off, but I'm glad I wear hats all the time. I'm also going like bald, so it doesn't really matter. I'm not going to have hair for that long anyway. Like, I keep telling my fiance, if my bald spot gets more pronounced, I'm going to shave my fucking head. Damn. But then I'm going to get jacked like Jason Statham. So there's an upside to that coin, okay? Like, I'm going to have to get my confidence somewhere. Like, I'm not well endowed and I will no (laughs) longer have hair, so I got to get fucking jacked. Um, Yeah, got to do it. Chase Hopkins writes in and says, "When will the Final Fantasy actually happen, dude? Final Fantasy seven remake is the last one because the world's gonna fucking end. Let's be real about it. That's this.
1: true. Yeah, it's all over. It's all ogre now.
0: And uh, it's all ogre now. <laughs> um, yeah the uh, the next Final Fantasy is gonna take like 25 years to come out, and by that time, uh, the world's gonna be wiped out by either a pandemic or a global warming. So." final fantasy 7 yeah, remake it, is in the books is the the final fantasy
1: it's like 100 degrees where i'm at right now it's awful
0: you also live in fucking florida <laughs> it's still <laughs> awful like it's always 100 degrees here and alligators <laughs> fall from the sky
1: oh man i mean i think that would be the scary point and <laughs> they fell from the sky them just being around is fine but i don't want them falling on top of me
0: if if literally like okay if there was only one place on earth that alligers, alligers, alligators alligators <laughs> alligators if alligators rained down from the sky and like once you cross state lines it didn't happen like it's just there's no more alligators uh, <laughs> 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 if that happened i would expect uh us to like i don't know have like a civil war just like basically do our best to sink florida like florida's <laughs> already sinking and i think the rest of the united states would be like it's like why would we even want a state full of just alligators <laughs> like, we we'll just fucking sink it let alone the amount of people that like the weird ass fucking florida man shit that you see yeah, there's a lot
1: of there's a lot of interesting characters down here <laughs>
0: Yeah exactly so <laughs> if alligators ran from the sky it would absolutely be like the straw that broke the camel's back and we would just sink it it would be like yeah. fucking Atlantis bottom of the ocean that bitch like Josh will finally move to Idaho.
1: <laughs> Forty nine stars on the flag now.
0: <laughs> uh that's it for this episode of Indie Pod and Indie Games Podcast. Thank you everyone so much for watching. If you would like to chat with us outside the show, you can follow the podcast at Indie Pod Super Easy. That's why we use the name. Um and it's true. Or that's why we use the Twitter handle as the name. Um, (laughs) You can follow me outside of the podcast at Legion on Twitter. You can follow Josh at the underscore George90. And please, this is kind of like me hawking something, but uh, please check out my other podcast. It's out right now. It's uh, called Go Beyond. You can find it on Twitter at Go Beyond Pod. Um, I really like to just end it with pod because, like, seemingly nobody's got onto that. That's pretty weird. <laughs> um, but it's a My Hero Academia retrospective, like a rewatch podcast that I do with Chris Penwell. I really love My Hero Academia, so does he, so we decided to do that. Um, put yes. out new episodes every Wednesday. There's a new episode out today. Totally forgot to tweet about it, so that kind of blows, but I'll do that after this. <laughs> so, <laughs> close enough. <laughs> uh, and make sure you guys keep an eye out for our indie pod Twitter. We post stuff like the question tweet that goes out every Monday. And I remind you about it on Tuesday and Wednesday. We also post the God bless the crowd pick on Thursday before the episode comes out. So you could brush out, brush up on it and, uh, know what we're talking about. And, uh, we tweet about the episodes on Fridays. Um, and of course other stuff like if you want to tweet in or you want to get your question right on the show but you don't want to wait for the tweet you can always email us at uh, indieincursionpodcast at gmail.com that's it for us today thank everyone so much for watching and we will see you all next week
1: bye fam also watching
0: fuck i did that again i did that before (laughs) too
1: (laughs) they watch with their ears